0: I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all that
1: bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less,
0: I'm free. On your mark, get set. Welcome to Now Playing's Fast and Furious Retrospective Series. It's gonna be an all time of the night. Bet you're gonna enjoy this. Hosted by Arnie.
1: Look, man, I don't just think outside the box. I tear it up.
0: It's my thing. Stuart. You're the last person in the world I expected to show up. And Jacob. Like it or not, you and your friends are a part of it now. I don't have friends. I got family. These podcasts contain detailed plot spoilers, harsh language, and incentive to drive beyond the posted speed limit. I'm going to do it without Listener discretion is advised. Only live once. Let's do it. We're talking over the race?
1: today we're discussing fast five or as i like to call it diesel's 11. <laughs> there really are 11 by the time the movie's done <laughs> do the math yeah like
2: what's the five yeah <laughs> there, there's a lot of
1: them starring vin diesel paul walker jordana brewster tyrese gibson he's back chris ludicrous bridges Matt Schultz, Soon Kang, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Gal Godot, Elsa Pataki, Tego Calaron, and Don Omar, directed by Justin Lin. This is the now playing co host that always has his thunderwear on, Arnie. Stuart in LA. Give me the damn veggies.
3: This is Jacob.
1: Here it is. You guys, are just seeing the cast list at the beginning, when I have been saying these previous podcasts, it all matters. Did it sink in? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I can't believe. Well, yes, they bring characters back. We'll discuss if you actually have to watch some of those films we didn't recommend. But characters do return. You were
2: right. They, they do. Yes. Uh, the, the heavens opened up. God came down. It was incredible.
1: Yes, it all makes it worth it. Uh, definitely, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say they were all good. I just said they all mattered. <laughs> uh, okay. This was really a change in direction for this franchise and not one the producers wanted this was justin lynn back for his third fast and furious film and basically saying what if we didn't make a fast and furious film <laughs> and the producers kept showing up like this isn't a fast and furious film and justin's like yeah and maybe we're gonna just make a good action film instead there's only one race in this whole movie And we don't really
2: even see much of it. Yeah, it is a surprise how much they've changed up the formula here. That I'll give you. I was surprised at how this backed away from what I thought a Fast and Furious movie would be.
3: And I'm glad to see we still have that crime element, but I was really dreading seven bad point break ripoffs where they're going to have to fit in a a crime and a drag race every time so it's a welcome change for me i i do think lynn he was having some fun by totally skipping the drag races in this film
1: yeah it kind of plays with audience expectations in a way you
3: get the booty shorts but no race
1: booty shorts this is in brazil
2: it is in brazil yes one of the many surprises here
1: yeah there's no booty shorts there's a dresses that stop at the waist
3: <laughs> that is true they're like <laughs> yes they're just half naked
1: yeah on the commentary he's like you know there's no place in the world where car guys hang out with hot models but it's what they want to see Two different versions,
2: I went unrated for my maiden voyage. I don't know what I got other than a couple neck-snapping shots and some people being gunned down violently. I'm not sure how much more I got
1: than the regular theatrical version, but I went all out. You got one extra scene. Just one. The main difference is the level of violence. Yeah. This is Universal's biggest franchise. They demanded PG-13. In the, what they call extended edition, it's really the unrated cut, there's a lot more blood, louder bone-crunching noises, a few extra punches, a few extra gunshots, that kind of thing. There's only one extra scene that really isn't necessary, it's Tej starting to talk about the safe cracking, that's the only additional scene in it. The rest, just a matter of if you want PG-13 violence or R-rated CGI blood.
3: Well, I do remember that scene, so I guess I saw the unrated extended cut as well, which did surprise me. I I didn't realize that's what I was watching. I did think they were getting away with a bit too much for a PG-13 film, but I guess I was watching the R-rated cut.
1: I watched both, one with commentary, one without, and honestly, the differences are so minimal. I have no recommendation. You're getting well-serviced with the theatrical version, I'll say that.
2: But are we well-serviced with the plot, Arnie? Get them started. We'll uh, rev the engines and get into this.
1: Following the jailbreak of Vin Diesel's muscle-bound anti-hero Dominic Toretto, ex-FBI agent Brian O'Connor, played again by Paul Walker, and his girlfriend Mia Toretto, Dom's sister and Brian's girlfriend, played by Jordana Brewster, are on the run in Rio. There, ironically, they're seeking sanctuary with Vince. Remember Vince from part one?
3: Yeah, he's been hitting the rice and beans since then.
2: (laughs) He certainly has. I didn't recognize him, but they kept calling him Vince. So I'm like, oh, that must be the jerk from part one.
1: Yeah, the guy from two different Blade movies. He's the one who hated Brian the most in that first movie. Well, Vince has a job that can get them some quick money. Stealing cars off a train. These race cars were impounded by the American DEA. And Brian agrees. And at the last minute, Dom shows up to join the party. But some other members of the crew go rogue trying to steal a specific car and shoot the DEA agents. It turns out Vince was hired to get the cars by Rio's biggest drug lord, Hernan Reyes. In the car was a GPS programmed to all the drug lord's cash drops, and he needs that back. Now that Dom, Brian, and Mia have it, Reyes is out to kill them all and get his chip. But also on their tail is diplomatic security service agent Luke Hobbs, played by a newcomer, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now that Dom and company are accused of killing DEA agents, the feds really want to get them back, so they send this muscle-bound rule-breaker to catch them. But Dom and Brian have to stop running, because Mia is pregnant.
2: Blum, 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 <laughs> blum, 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 I gotta cue the Spanish guitar anytime Mia comes in.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> blum, 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 blum. blum.
1: So instead, they hatch a plan to rob the drug lord of his $100 million. But to do that, they need help. So they reach into the previous movies and bring back, from part two, Tyrese Gibson as Roman Pierce and Ludacris as Tej Parker. From part three, Han Sol Oh. I kid you not. His, that's his name. <laughs> wow. It's Soul like Korea and then hyphen O.
3: <laughs> Maybe that's just his gang name.
1: <laughs> Played by Sung Kang. From part four, Giselle Yashar, played by Gal Gadot, and Leo and Santos, the comic relief you didn't know you needed from that film.
3: <laughs> Were those the two driving with Mia and Brian at the end of four? Yep. Okay. I Yeah, I miss them every time. <laughs> The group scare Reyes into
1: consolidating all of his money in one vault, and then a wild, destructive chase through Rio happens. Dom and his crew get the money, and for helping bringing down the drug lord that killed his agents, Hobbs gives Dom 24 hours to run. So Dom's crew scatter with 11 million each, and Brian and Dom hit the roads one last time to see who is the fastest, as credits roll. To a stinger scene that we will talk about, but not
3: right now. (laughs) I told you it was coming back. Yes, but someone else came back that I was not prepared for.
1: (laughs) So many people came back from this. Vince from part one, they just made this a party movie. And credit to Justin Lin, 100%, who said, if we're going to come back, we need to make all the movies matter maybe it's just his own tokyo drift was getting undeserved hate but he went back to too fast too furious and pulled out all the stops to get everyone back this is the moment where all of a sudden i started thinking about saw and the continuity like han is still alive they actually tease us at the end because at the end of the movie gal gadot is saying to han i thought you're going to tokyo
3: we'll get there yeah, they said he was going to Tokyo in the last one. I guess that film hasn't happened yet.
2: Or he did go to Tokyo and faked his own death. I'm not convinced. You know, in this
1: world, <laughs> who's really dead? I mean, people die, they come back. Uh, I don't know. Nobody is more immortal than Vin Diesel's Charger. I have now named it Kenny. Because in every movie, they <laughs> kill Kenny. And in the next episode, it's back like nothing happened.
3: I was wondering, is that the same car every time? Maybe he just has a thing for Chargers and he's buying a new one every time. But. No,
1: it is the same one. He even refers to it. Mia calls it
3: the curse. It's his dad's car. Yeah, it's his dad's car. I guess that's why he keeps it around.
1: Yeah, so every time I'm going to see that smashed up, because The Rock takes it on this one, I'm like, Oh my God, you killed Kenny! <laughs> but this movie starts off... On something I really desperately wanted to see. I can't believe that after seeing part four, I really wanted... To continue that, but I was wondering how these people were going to stop a prison transport bus. It's different to stop a prison transport than to hijack a semi truck. I didn't know how they do it. They do it in the stupidest way possible. Their lucky <laughs> Dom survived. It reminded me of in part four where they're like, don't shoot at the boss. Don't kill the person you're trying to rescue by flipping his transport.
3: I'll give them this that is an impressive wreck when that bus flips over like it's a thing of beauty to watch I, I like to see some good destruction it's great destruction to then go to the news montage where they rightfully call it miraculously no one was killed because there's no way no one lived through that crap <laughs> Dom is dead
2: yeah and no one escapes other than Dom yeah it sets the tone for where we're going here this is fantasy they we we're getting Dom and Brian on the wrong side of the line But right with each other here at the front This is a first right This is the first time where they're both in the movie Not fighting at the beginning of the movie
1: And I didn't realize how much Paul Walker Really needed that Yeah I think this is the best movie he has done thus far in the franchise. It's the first time I have not considered him a detriment to the Fast and Furious franchise. When he is playing that antagonistic cop role and that whatever he was doing in part two, I've just found him so unwatchable. But here, when he's literally taking a backseat to Dom and just kind of one of the crew, he's not bad as a supporting actor. You forget about him.
3: Well, I, I'm i going to say he starts slipping back into too fast, too furious mode with some of his acting here. I, I, maybe it's all Tyrese's fault, just a bad influence around him. But yes, I do like that he is being pushed to the background because I never thought he was that interesting. Dom's the more interesting character. Yeah, take a back seat, Brian. Someone else should be driving this car.
2: Now, they give him something to do. There is actually a bonus feature on the DVD. Believe me, I don't want to watch anything extra when it comes to Fast and the Furious. But they labeled one Brian from Fed to Criminal. And I'm like, okay, I want to see them try and justify that here. And yeah, basically what they call out here, what... Vin Diesel even says is they wanted Brian to become the heart of the movie. So they give him this storyline where Mia is pregnant. And that means that a, they can't let Dom out of their sight, even though they're being chased by men with machine guns, because they must stick together as a family and that they must do one more job because I don't know. Raising babies
3: is really expensive. (laughs) You need a hundred million bucks to have a baby these days.
1: Apparently. I don't know why, though, they start off. They've already separated. They sprung dumb. We jumped to Brazil, which I was pretty sure, and I double checked, there is extradition from Brazil. That is not a good place to go. If the feds want you, do not go to Brazil.
3: That's why Mia's looking at the magazine and picking out places where there is no extradition. I did like that. Like, There's not a whole lot of logic here, but that was a one little detail I enjoyed, that she wants to go to a place where they can't be sent back to the U.S.
2: Well, they maybe shouldn't be there, but Universal has already been to the favelas of Brazil in Incredible Hulk. And it doesn't surprise me that they'd come back for this. It's a great atmosphere. It's an incredible city to shoot an action film in. They might have had some leftover sets, too. But I'm heartened by the movie taking place in Rio. I think, yeah, it has a real sense of character. It's a part of this movie.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of things going on in Brazil at the time. A lot of movies, I think, didn't Bourne go down there? Or one action film other than Hulk?
3: Yeah, there's some other action film down there. It might have been Bourne.
1: But... They only did a few external shots in Rio. Most of this was done in either Puerto Rico or Atlanta.
3: Yeah, I, I did
2: <laughs> see, I did see that in the credits. Thank you, Atlanta. I'm like, Atlanta? All the interiors were in Atlanta. <laughs> but it's convincing. We can agree. Wh- wherever they shot it, I get the real flavor of Rio here in the movie.
1: Felt like going home. What can I say?
3: <laughs> yeah, it was nice that we have a sense of place. We started that with Tokyo. We were down for, to Mexico for a little while. Now we're even further south.
1: I am going to credit that. I liked when they went to Tokyo and explored that culture. I like that they're in Brazil and really exploring that one. That said, it's a stereotype of Brazil that the entire police force of Rio, Rio is a huge city. I mean, we're not talking a little area. We're talking a major city, the biggest tourist destination is completely run by a single drug lord. Every cop but one is corrupt. Yeah, it's not exactly a progressive look at Brazil. It's not entirely inaccurate. It's kind of known for dirty politics, though. That's why my father left. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah but again i'm not looking for real logic here i'm looking for race car logic and if you could give me an entertaining action film that's gonna work yeah i left there is one honest cop in all of brazil
2: okay i'm gonna throw out a recommendation i already have on the robocop but if you want to see a great movie about the politics and cop versus criminal go find those elite squad movies those are terrific this is a more cartoon version i'm just impressed that they stepped out of Southern California. I'm just heartened that they're going to try and tell a story in a different country after it didn't work so well for them in Tokyo Drift. I know I didn't see Vince coming back as having been married a local and is going to help them get a job stealing muscle cars that are being impounded by feds.
3: Yeah, I thought I recognized the tattoos, but seriously, he's like 20 pounds heavier here. I was waiting for them to say the name to make sure that's who it was. But yeah, you're right, Arnie. They're going to saw continuity territory here. They're bringing it all together. They're bringing back Vince. I wasn't even sure if he lived after that first film. He was quite injured.
1: I figured he lived. I wasn't sure if because they took him to a hospital, if he might have been arrested. Apparently, all the police let everyone go because Letty was working with the feds. Vince... He ended up going to Rio anyway. I like that he still calls Paul the Buster. That's kind of the nickname they'd been teasing him with since the first one. They dropped that Dom is in Ecuador. I don't know if Vince was shooting another independent film that we'll never want to see. Oh, I thought this was going to be some extra you would tell us
2: about, that his adventures in Ecuador.
3: Was he, was he getting another gas tanker? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just going to give this film... I'm going to give it a lot of credit. I'll just show my hand. But one thing I like, it's so subtle. They do a lot of subtitles in this, but they like zoom in like cars. They just come in from the sides. They're all over the place. I thought I gave it a little character.
2: And if you're illiterate, it's still Fast and Furious.
1: (laughs) But this train heist, I've heard them say on commentaries time and time again that Fast and Furious are the new westerns with horsepower instead of horses. Well, here we're we're there, right? The great train robbery. What gets more western than a train robbery? But yet, keeping it Fast and Furious, they're stealing muscle cars.
3: I'm thinking Mad Max. When that truck rolls in, that is straight from the Mad Max set. This is the best part of the movie. Like, There's no way they could up this when they get to the climax. This is a great heist. Bringing this off-road truck and welding into the side of this train to steal these cars. The way they yank it sideways and they just drive it out the back of there like it's Knight Rider or something. This is a great set piece.
2: It's worth asking. I know... I shouldn't ask for too many details, but
1: <laughs> these cars are being impounded by the U.S. government. Why? It's from the DEA. They were involved in drug trafficking. I mean, they, we find out later on that they're Reyes's car. So they were carrying drugs.
2: Why does the U.S. care about drug-running cars
3: in Brazil? Perhaps these were used to drive through the tunnels in part four to bring <laughs> heroin. <away.
2: laughs> okay. So there's no good reason. All right. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss one.
1: I don't know exactly what kind of jurisdiction we even have to investigate drugs in other
3: countries. (laughs) I don't know why we do it on train either.
1: Yeah. If
2: we were
3: investigating it, we would think that
2: we'd have better information. We would know that Dom and Brian weren't the responsible ones for this going wrong. But what happens here on this train robbery is basically it's going to make the good guys get framed for a crime they didn't commit.
3: And Arnie, you you watched all the extras. I gotta imagine, there's not that much CGI here. This is mostly practical stuffy when that train's like dragging the truck.
1: Yeah, there is so much here that is practical. Justin Lin really shied away from CGI. They literally rammed a moving train with a truck. That is legitimate, and they did do some removal of harnesses and whatnot, but there's not a whole lot of CGI fakery going on. Maybe some compositing, but when you see the car stunts in this movie, you're seeing cars.
2: I don't know how much effects played into this, but they're convincing. The stunts in this movie, start to finish, are great. I don't use that word, great.
1: You've given a
3: shit for using that word. <laughs> yes, you finally use. <laughs> yes, great. I
2: know, but I, I'm going to use the word great. The stunts in this movie are great.
3: Even the way this whole chase ends, I mean, Brian is stuck on this fiery truck that's embedded in the side of the train. Dom shoots out of one of the cars. Brian jumps on that car, and I love it. They're just going so fast. They're heading towards a cliff. They can't stop, so they just drive over that cliff, and I'm sure that is some CGI there, some blue screen, but I I love how it goes silent as they're falling down. I love the composition. There, one moment where they both jump from the car. It's actually beautiful.
1: I'm going to blow your mind they actually had stuntmen jump off a cliff
3: wow that that's a big cliff
1: they had harnesses but they jumped off a cliff there wasn't a car there but they jumped off a giant cliff but yeah that scene the whole thing i couldn't believe it when dom is beating up one of the drug guys and throws him off the train and kills him i mean he throws him into a guardrail this scene just keeps escalating and then you see dom driving the car and you're like oh He's going to get Brian before the cliff and they're going to veer away in the nick of time. I didn't remember. I haven't seen this movie since theaters that they went over that cliff. And I'm like, well, obviously they're going to live. I know they're in the sequels, but damn, that is just unexpected and the big explosion behind them. I agree, Stuart. Great.
2: Yeah, there's no complaints on any action scene in this movie. Honestly, the the stunts are always very impressive, always eye-catching. The plot? Well, let's try and follow this. They do live, of course, and then they resurface. There are gunmen waiting for them, and we're going to find out what? That they were going to be murdered after they stole these cars. Once
3: again.
1: Yes, because... Drug lords have bad employment programs. Okay, and
2: they want these cars back because there are microchips in one of them that has where... He keeps the money he uses for the drugs. Because you can never show the drugs in these movies. If you show drugs, it would get an R. So you have to show the places where the money is counted.
3: Yeah, specifically, they wanted the car that Mia took. She wasn't supposed to take that car. But did Dom know something was up? Because he's like, change of plans. She's taking this car. I I was never quite sure why they wanted that car that Mia took, but she drives the other direction. And that's what kicked off this whole fight between Dom and Brian and the rest of the gang.
1: Yeah, he knew something was up. They were too interested in that one car and Dom wanted to keep the upper hand. So he had Mia take it and not go to the noted rendezvous to go to their secret location in atlanta and (laughs) all they needed though was that chip and why did they need that chip i mean on the one hand i'm like does reyes not know where his own money is (laughs) (laughs) if they
2: if anyone were to find that chip uh, it really doesn't tell them anything and even if it did you'd have moved the cash houses so that they were somewhere else by the time the beds came running it's a silly plot contrivance i want to point out this plot is no better than any of the previous ones but it's certainly a lot more fun and engaging because the action is so much better
1: yeah i had to rewind because you've got that scene like out of a lethal weapon film where dom and brian are chained up by the drug lords and about to be killed and reyes is there all his men are there and then like the next scene they're meeting up with mia and i'm like i know that dom grabbed somebody with his big muscular thighs but how the hell did he get out of that
3: I'm kind of glad they just skipped past it, just (laughs) like the opening jail bus scene. Give us a little bit, yeah, because it just seems so cliche to be chained up, and then they beat some guys up and get free. I feel like a lot of the great action piece with this train, a lot of this plot, I'm just like, I don't really get what's going on. I don't know why they want this chip. I get what's on the chip. I get what they're going to do once they figure out what the chip is. I don't know how we get to that point, but I've enjoyed the action to get there.
2: And what they needed to do, if Brian is not going to antagonize Dom, is they need to establish someone that will. And I would say they found someone much better at it than Brian ever could be. The Rock.
1: Now, this was a part, he is basically playing a U.S. Marshal going after Fugitives... They wrote this for Tommy Lee Jones.
2: Oh, come on. Oh, wow. Come he on. He already played this part. They couldn't have written it for him. It is the Fugitive's Tommy Lee Jones Oscar-winning part.
3: And the fun of this, though, is having The Rock do it, it becomes a wrestling match. I mean, you got Vin Diesel, a big guy, muscular. I don't want to see him going up against an old man. Give him someone that's physically threatening. Give him The Rock.
2: Rock is scarier, quite honestly. Just sizing them up one-to-one, Rock is taller. He looks bigger too
1: i couldn't believe it when he was announced in this film to be perfectly honest i didn't know why he'd do it now i think of the rock as a much bigger star than when i look up his imdb page and see what it is
3: yeah why do you think he's too good for this The Tooth Fairy, The Mummy Returns, (laughs) Scorpion King, whatever that one was.
2: I've only seen one movie with him in it. Michael Bay, Pain and Gain. And that was my first exposure to him. I did find The Rock to be a very charismatic performer. It got me over a hump. Before, I just thought he was an Arnold ripoff. And afterwards, I thought, oh, Arnold should be so good. He wishes he has the charisma of this guy.
1: You didn't see him in Be Cool? No. Oh, I would have figured you saw that. I know you like Get Shorty.
2: I do like Get Shorty. I also read the reviews for Be Cool.
1: <laughs> and they were warranted reviews. I did see that. That was one of my first experiences with them. It was the Saturday Night Live that really won me over. I don't usually like wrestlers who become actors. No,
3: they usually don't become actors. They may be in movies, but they usually don't <laughs> <Yes>. act. <laughs> I've seen Mr. Nanny.
1: <laughs> but yeah, when I look at his resume of Southland Tales. And- oh God, I did see that. I repressed it. The follow-up to Donnie Darko, yeah.
3: Oh, oh, and wow. Doom. Doom, that's right.
1: So when I look at that, and I all of a sudden realize he's probably more famous for wrestling than movies, he may have needed Fast Five as much as Fast Five really needed him. I agree with you, Stuart. Now that Paul Walker's a bad guy, you need to have a hero cop to root for, and The Rock is so much better in that role. I don't know that I like that he's quite such a rule-breaker, and we'll talk about some of the stuff he does in the movie but man you can't get somebody more charismatic and the fist fight i mean you get two big muscle-bound guys it's like if arnold and stallone had teamed up in the 80s instead of recently that's what i think you get here
3: yeah but this is better acted than they could ever do
1: yeah again you're naming people that
2: i'm not big fans of here i think Vin and the Rock have more charisma than a lot of those 80s action heroes that we're always told were so great back in the day. But actually, when you look at their films,
3: it works. <laughs> and, you know, I'll give credit to the script. Like, yeah, The Rock does something with these lines. These are B-movie lines, but he brings charisma to them when he's asked, do you want the bad news or the good news? And he's like, you know, I like my dessert first. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Give me the damn veggies. Like, he makes those lines work. I don't think he has quite the sense of humor that I would expect that you would later have. But being the tough cop here, yes, he makes these lines work in a B-movie kind of way.
2: Yeah, he's over the top and ridiculous. And Tommy Lee Jones has nothing to worry about uh, about (laughs) that the part is still owned by Tommy Lee Jones in (laughs) The Fugitive. But yes, this guy – I mean, this is his – Kind of bread and butter, right? Like, I don't think I've ever watched a wrestling match from start to finish, but I know The Rock has, like, some eyebrow curl, and he's always bragging, and yeah, th- the cockiness.
3: Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I
2: knew he had a line. But yeah, I get the sense that this is just an extension of what he would do in the wrestling ring. But it's fun in this environment. In this world, for a franchise that has been no fun, really, to watch, this
1: helps a lot. What helps for me is bringing the gang together because we've reviewed the oceans 11 films really as a lead into this because i kept saying this is oceans 11 with cars and i think i said that enough that somebody got convinced we were doing oceans 11 and put it on the christmas (laughs) schedule but The whole plot contrivance, I think if you look at the narrative, we're watching a soap opera. Mia is pregnant. We thought he was dead. You know, there's a lot of this going on. But they decide to stay and pull a heist and they pull a team together just like the first scenes in Ocean's Eleven. I'm really happy to see these people back. And sometimes I don't even realize how much I'm happy to see them. Like Tyrese, who knew that I actually wanted Roman Pierce in another movie? But... I like him here. Why?
2: (laughs) Why are you happy to see this team assemble? What makes me laugh is that we've seen these characters and who they are, and now they're trying to retcon it so that Roman is a, quote, fast talker, and that's exactly what they need to pull this job. And Han (laughs) is a, quote, chameleon, and that's exactly what they need for this job. The, quote, unquote, skills that each of these people are given, I did not see represented before, and they don't seem to have much use for them here for this height.
3: The one that surprises me the most is Giselle. She was the girl that wasn't going to get engine grease under her fingernails. And now she's like a superstar driver slash motorcycle rider. Weapons expert is what we're told. Yeah. <laughs> she was in the military.
2: Yes. I don't think she fires a single gun, but all right. Here's the thing, though
3: yes Tyrese is back you don't have to watch two to get who this character is at all it's totally divorced from that film like all these characters seem divorced from the previous films they were in here's Han we're just gonna be told like this feels like you could come into this one and watch it and not have to watch some of those films I didn't recommend and don't ever want to watch again that's a positive thing to me that you don't have to know about Roman to get who Roman is in this film case in
2: point I was talking about these movies with people at work and they were all like I love Fast and the Furious those are great movies and then after a few questions they all realized they hadn't seen the first four
1: (laughs) (laughs) i agree completely because i had only seen these movies once per right and so when i came to part five i'm like vince i kind of remember him he was in the first one right and these other characters honestly i was a little bit confused there were so many characters thrown at me so quickly here i'm like How am I supposed to keep them straight? There's two guys talking Spanish. Am I supposed to be able to tell them apart? who's the Asian, who are all these people? This retrospective has really allowed me to focus on these characters more, and now find them distinct, and I like that when you get together, Roman and Tej are going to kind of stick together because they're both from the Miami scene, and that you're going to get a little bit of looks from Vin Diesel when Han starts hooking up with Giselle, because Giselle was kind of up on Dom last time. The two I feel we don't necessarily need are...
3: And Santos. Why don't you bring back Suki and one of her hot Asian friends? Like,
2: because we need minorities to go work in the sewers here. Here's how the plot is not <laughs> made. You know, everyone else gets to do something cool. You guys, you can blow a sewer main and then dress up like janitors to mop it up.
3: Great. To be fair, at Ocean's Eleven, that's what they did with the black guy, Basher, threw him down in the sewer. Check out that demolition stuff. You know what I'm saying here. It does seem like everyone else gets to do
2: something fun. And when you actually factor in what they're supposed to be doing for the plot, That they're punching a hole in the wall of the place where all the money is going to be stored so it can go out to the parking lot. That doesn't even factor into the climax of this movie. The rock is going to drive through a wall, so we never use their hole.
1: That is the big thing about this movie, is we are going to spend about an hour of this movie setting up a plot that never happens.
3: Yes. I kind of praised before we got into the film, the fact that they kind of skip all the drag racing stuff. They're like, we're going to need these cars. I don't know that could drift (laughs) so fast. They're invisible to camera because the bit rate that the camera uploads at Han is there and they're not even letting Han drift. He hasn't learned how to drift yet. He never made
1: it to Tokyo. (laughs) He hasn't gone back. He will be the drifter. At this point, Han is from better luck tomorrow. (laughs) Han didn't come from Tokyo? No, he hasn't gotten there yet.
3: They said in the last film that he was going to Tokyo, but I guess he'd never got there.
2: I thought he was going back. So he's never been. (laughs)
3: oh i'm so confused <laughs> it doesn't matter for this film though no i mean but here's the thing they spend all this time like rewatch so many drifting montages that don't matter like all the members of this crew are gonna drift and there's some funny scenes like leo or santos i don't know which one they wipe out and they're like that's why you're not gonna do this run well why are you having them practice then there is a lot of stuff here that you could cut this out this is all the other films have been about an hour and 40 minutes this one pushes two hours and you could have cut a lot of this out
2: i don't even understand like you said they're they're trying to outrun
1: cameras uh nothing can the cameras (laughs) are on a timer and you're trying to get by when the cameras are all looking away can you drive fast enough why would you have cameras on a timer (laughs) <laughs> Stuart, that's what security cameras do, is they turn left, right, left, right. That's, you know, they're just going back and forth.
2: Oh, they're moving cameras. Yeah. Okay. They're not stationary. Well, no. Well, that's, that's stupid. Because if they were stationary, <laughs> they would catch anything that moved by.
1: Yeah, but then you can't get the full range. I mean, I've seen security cameras that rotate, and they're just, you know, they turn left, then they turn right. and I love how they get the Porsche though, that they show up at that race and they're going to race and you're like, Oh, here is the classic fast and furious race, right? You got the scene. You got the booties out. You got the trash talking and not that we're not even going to see the race. We're just going to see them drive back with the car because we've seen this race enough to know how it goes and how it ends.
2: Yeah. That surprised me. I thought for sure they would relish having a auto race. But no, they recognize that the formula has gotten tired. They're doing everything they can to spice it up and really create a new. This feels, yes, as you said, Ocean's Eleven heist movie, Italian job. I see almost no connections other than the characters to the last four movies.
1: That said, there's one thing that really upset me about this not their drag race the car. I know that you guys aren't necessarily car guys. But there was something about that car, the Porsche, that just stuck in my head. It's a Porsche 996 GT3. Oh, of course. And... In that bonus feature you saw, Stuart, Paul Walker talked about that car and how happy he was to drive that car and how he owned one of those cars and they were a little tricky to drive being rear-wheel oh, drive. No. And yeah. Oh, is that no. what he wrecked in? It was a Porsche of that line, the GT line oh, that he died in. And there I'm watching his bonus feature talk about how it's a really hard car to learn to drive, but once you learn, it's really very fast, powerful car and oh man my stomach dropped This is the first film I've really liked him in and is he's driving the car that's like the one he'd die in that's that was horrible
2: In that very same segment he literally says quote "I come from a world where I'm a weekend racer.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, he wasn't driving, but yeah, I mean, he owned a lot of cars and one of his favorites was that Porsche that he was letting his friend drive. And I mean, they're suing Porsche right now over that because it is such a dangerous vehicle for people who aren't trained to drive it. It's not like driving another car.
2: The only thing that they do in these early scenes that does seem to matter is that they figure out... The vault. All the money has been moved into the police station. There's a vault that only Reyes knows the combination. And only Reyes can open because it has a palm print reader. So they have to get a palm print. That's where we're starting to learn about this love story between Han and Giselle. They both go to the beach. And she's got the booty to get the palm print on it.
3: (laughs) Did she have, like, fluorescent dye on there to match the handprint? I didn't understand (laughs) how the handprint was on her ass after Reyes has grabbed it. Well,
1: he grabbed it, and therefore it left a
3: handprint.
1: How? Don't ask. Yeah, if you're asking that question, you're in the wrong movie. You're in the wrong franchise at this
3: point. They could have come up with some explanation for it. Hobbs
1: is able to take photos of masked people and use some kind of facial recognition to figure out who's under the mask.
3: Yeah, I call BS on that, too.
1: There's a lot of shenanigans going on here. Justin Lin is going on to direct Star Trek and that's the kind of tech we're dealing with here. It's just uh, not real. But you say this is where we get the love story. I think each character gets like one scene. Everybody gets one scene of emotion. This is the scene that Han and Giselle share that's going to show their romance. Later on, Vin Diesel is going to get one scene with the new cop and They're going to talk about his emotion and his feeling of crew. Worst scene in the movie. (laughs) Vince gets a couple scenes because he's going to have a tragic death. But mostly everybody gets one scene. This is their one scene.
2: But I want to cite something that you never see in American film. You never see an Asian man with a white woman. It just doesn't ever happen.
1: Technically, she's Israeli.
2: Okay. I mean, (laughs) my point being, I think it takes a Justin Lin to break down a racial stereotype and that he's done something kind of taboo here. I just You will see white men with Asian women. I cannot think of too many movies where, you know, Bruce Lee or Jet Lee, usually they're not given women or they're given
3: minority women. Yeah, I will say it was surprising that Han and Giselle become a thing, like just because I assumed Dom would be with Giselle. In this film, like they were in the last one, but no, they, she's is sides, I guess. She she goes with Han instead.
1: I actually really love the interplay of this group. That's the thing for me that I get out of this movie is the vibe. I love that when Gal Gadot shows up, who are the first people to hit on her is Ludacris and Tyrese, right? And what time do those legs open? And Han's in the background. He's still eating, just like he did in part three. He's just being cool, and that's what attracts her. It's the subtlety of the group dynamic that makes this so much damn fun. And Justin Lin talked about how he'd worked between Fast and Furious and Fast Five. He'd worked with the Russo brothers and done a lot of episodes of Community. And he said after Community, this was a breeze. And I think that kind of vibe is really coming through here. They've talked about family since the first Fast and Furious. This is the first time I feel like I'm watching it.
2: And this is where I'm going to put the brakes on the compliments I've been giving this movie. I can't go with you this at all. I think this is Ocean's Eleven with a bunch of people I don't like. Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, there's a, well, okay. No, but I like most of those people. I just didn't like what they were given. But no, these are charmless. Even people I used to like, like Ludacris, have been diminished severely here. I don't think that this is a fun team. Like, having seen the Ocean movies so recently, by stark contrast, it's actually painful to watch this wannabe play acting.
3: Well, I don't think it's painful. It is no Ocean's Eleven. I mean, you get this moment between Dom and Brian where Dom's like, I remember everything about my father. And Brian's like, I don't remember anything about my dad. You also don't remember how to act all of a sudden. Yeah, that's
2: because he's (laughs) dumb, not because he was an absentee.
3: Yeah, but yeah, they try to make this family, family, family. It just never gels like the group did in Ocean's Eleven, but you get this moment where they realize they can't speed past the camera, so they'll be invisible by stealing some cop cars and just driving the cop cars, and you do get a drag race finally with Roman, Brian, Dom, and Han, and yeah, they do it for a million bucks, and I like that that's a, you know, there's some fun banter back and forth, but I do like that it's a character-building moment. Brian finally wins, but they all know... Dom pulled that break at the last second because Brian's going to be the father now, and so he he needs that extra million bucks for that baby.
1: Not a million, extra three million. A million apiece.
3: Oh, it is a million. Okay, so that's like 23 million total when you take his cut and Mia's cut and that three million. I... But I like that they use that for a character moment. I wish that banter was better. I wish it was sharper. It's not clicking like a good team movie can, but it's it's better than what I've seen. I'll give it that.
1: And I think because I've been more into these movies than you have, I gel with the vibe of these movies more. I'm into the soundtracks more. I'm into the cars more. I think, honestly, the mean average of this crew is equal to the mean average of Oceans 11 for me. And I know you're going to give me some shit about that, but I don't like the old men of Oceans 11 all that much. I don't necessarily, and I especially think in the sequels, they were underserved. I think Leo and Santos are just as good as the two brothers in the Oceans film. I think, no. Yeah, I think Giselle is more useful than Julia Roberts was oh, in Oceans 12.
3: <laughs> that, that That is not a, uh, you're not going out on a limb there. That's
1: unfair, yeah. <laughs> There's nobody with the highs
3: of George Clooney and Brad Pitt. There's no one with the highs of a Bernie Mac and Bernie Mac only got a couple great scenes.
1: Han is the Bernie Mac of this crew. (laughs) I'd say they average out the same. I'm loving the banter. It's my favorite scenes is when they're all together or they're acting as a crew in the individual scenes. They're touching moment scenes. I'm kind of clock watching a little bit that. Do you remember your father scene? That to me is the worst scene of the film. Not the Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. But when they're together, they're giving each other shit. They're just kind of riffing on each other back and forth. I honestly believe these people like each other. I actually believe they're having fun on set and that fun is coming through to me.
2: I get that and that makes it better as a vibe than we've had on many of these sets. My problem is you're telling me this is a heist movie where everyone is bringing a unique skill and I'm seeing no one with any real skills or that anything that they're doing is being put to good use. They basically can steal cars. And drive cars. And now we're being told that they're techies and weapon experts and that they need all of these things that they end up
3: not using. They need the techie. They buy a giant safe, the same model, kind of like Ocean's Eleven. They recreated the vault in that film. So Tej has some time to figure out how to hotwire it and fake that handprint. But where are all the guns? I I guess... They rob one of the safe houses at the beginning of this whole heist. They rob one safe house and they burn up money and they tell Reyes, we're coming for you, which causes Reyes to consolidate all his cash. I guess that's why they needed some arms.
1: I love it that the DEA has the chip with all the locations. Oh, that's fine. We're going to leave the money. And then they set fire to one bundle. Okay, let's move it all to the safe where we could have moved it when the DEA had the chip (laughs) and stopped this entire plot from ever occurring.
3: They didn't have the chip, though. They didn't know where all the safe houses were. Yeah. Even Ray is. <laughs> he obviously did. He never gets the chip back. That's true. He moves all the money afterwards anyway. He's
1: got guards guarding women who are wearing nothing but bras and panties to count money so they have It's Brazil. They have nowhere to stash the cash, I'm guessing, but <laughs> Yeah. He knows where the money is. He didn't want the DEA to. I don't know why he didn't just, I guess it interrupts his operation. He's now making less because they're not counting more money or something, but it's not explained. It's not supposed to be. It is what it is. I like that when they can't beat the cameras, their thought is let's get cars that just don't look suspicious and they're going to get four police cars so that they can open the safe and just dump the money into four police cars and drive away with it. They never do that. Yeah. But that's the plan. (laughs) Thank you
2: for taking the words from my mouth. It's, yes, that'd be great if they actually, that was a plot that was followed. But basically what we find out is that Reyes gets wind of all this and basically stations every cop in Brazil outside the safe house. So they're not able to get inside. And then of course on the other side, we have The Rock, Hobbs, who is with the help of a local female cop. The
3: only oddest cop in Brazil.
2: Yes. Figured out where they're located and arrested them already.
1: Yeah, and that gets, oh, I love this fight between The Rock and Vin. I just do, because I gotta figure there's some egos at play. They did not get into it in the bonus features much. Vin's like, well, I'm the producer of this film, so I'm gonna let The Rock go first so that it's for the better of the film. But the way it starts with The Rock driving his big truck and crushing Kenny, (laughs) and then The big fist fight where they go through wall after wall and it's so macho. Like Hobbs's crew is all there and Hobbs is like, no, let me punch him out. And they even do a callback to the first one. I mean, Vin kind of wins the fight. He grabs a wrench and what did he go to jail for before hijacking semis it was beating up the man who killed his father with a wrench and they have that subtle callback because they never talk about him beating up somebody with a wrench in this one
3: no they drop a line they call it out that he beat someone up but i do like that moment though that yeah he picks up that monkey wrench and of course i know he's not gonna kill hobbs with it but this has been a brutal fight and i like how you see dom lose control like you could see oh, okay this is when his father died this is how he just lost it and beat the crap out of that guy
2: It's a good fight. I'm not going to compliment the dramatics and histrionics they're putting in here. It's what you'd expect in an action scene, but it plays to their characters. And I like that Dom wins, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still going to jail because mia doesn't want him to repeat history and use that wrench to maim the rock
1: of course there's like 20 guns trained on him at that moment so had he he would just be dead there was no winning there and this is where i guess reyes comes to the rescue because of the (laughs) ambush yes
2: I don't really understand. Reyes basically put the word out where everyone in Brazil was looking for these guys. I don't know how they got as far as they did, but for whatever reason, at some point, Dom is able to convince every hooker in high heels to be on his crew.
1: I love that scene. (laughs)
2: I figured you would. But yeah, they've got the will of the people, although they're not promising the people anything, right? I mean, they're not giving them any cash. They're not going to stay in Brazil, fix their life. They're going to take the money and run. Basically, they're helping the people of Brazil by taking down Reyes, I guess.
1: And they're just street people. These are their people. You know, they're all racers. They're going to look out for their own against especially international Cops coming in on Brazilian turf and starting to say what to do, but I just love the way Vin
3: delivers that. This is Brazil. I mean, it's just oh, I, you I you say you love, I'm laughing. I think it's funny. It's yeah, well, yeah
1: I'm laughing in
3: enjoyment. I'm laughing at. <laughs> yeah, oh.
2: I, yeah, I, yeah. It's mockable, but I do think in an action movie, an uber action movie, which is what I would call this, where it's just over the top. I think sometimes. Telling the difference between too much and and just enjoying a good fight is irrelevant. You're sniffing the fumes and you're just kind of going with the high of it. It's silly. This movie is very, very silly. But there's no doubt about it. When this ambush happens, great stunts. I mean, when the rocket's blown back because his Hummer got
1: shot with a missile, good stuff. And they kill Vince. They're just going to kill off their crew. They kill Letty. They're killing Vince. They kill all the other feds as well.
3: Yeah, it's just Hobbs left, which look, if you're going to try to tell me Hobbs is going to pull a Brian and switch teams like Brian did in part one, that's going to be a hard sell. They got to do something extreme. So seeing his entire team wiped out by Reyes, okay, you got motivation then. You're, you're going to do a little revenge thing. Especially, again, this isn't real world logic. Right. This is fast and furious logic. I'm going to buy this is why he's going to aid those people he's been chasing the whole time.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to dispute it. It wouldn't happen in real life we're not in real life i'm sniffing the fumes that yes i can believe for this climax the rock and vin diesel are going to put aside their differences to work together it makes more sense than anytime brian helped out dom in the past <laughs> no
1: when they were chasing johnny tran in the first one that made sense he just murdered a kid
2: johnny tran who was that the
1: asian but the uzi who and
2: the motorcycle yeah <laughs> oh right god that felt like so long ago don't make me think (laughs) about that
1: it's almost the exact same thing in fact (laughs) some lesser characters are killed so the cop and the criminal team up to go after them this movie does
2: it the right way that movie was terrible
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i like this and with the rock and the One good cop on his side. There are now 11 on Dom's team. I just got to point that out.
3: The one uncorruptible cop who has been corrupted for her love for Dom.
1: That is her at the end, right? He is going to run away
3: with yes. her. Yes.
2: They have that terrible... The, my least favorite scene in the whole movie is he goes to steal... She wound up with his crucifix, and of course...
1: The Letty crucifix.
2: Yes. Rio has got a Christ staring over the whole city. His Jesus complex is in full effect, so he risked <laughs> everything for a $20 necklace, and it gets them talking about why they do what they do, and... I guess that's the moment where they see that they're both admirable people, a principle, and thus we, we can fuck now, I, I guess. But uh, <laughs> all right. I don't get that vibe. They've got no heat. Dom never has any heat with any woman. Because he comes off so bullish and tough, I just never buy any romance they pair him with, including the Letty stuff.
1: Letty was the only one I bought. I never got heat off him and Giselle last time, which is why I didn't have any problem with her hooking up with Han this time. And that's why I'm a little shocked he ended up running away with Elena. But he is the star of the franchise. I guess he should get some booty. I I would have thought she'd have stayed with The Rock. She seemed kind of into his way of doing business. But here comes the chase. And all right. The thing is, everything they were planning, they were still wanting to do until they realized they don't have time now. So they decide to paint the cop cars black, hook some grills up to them and just do the least subtle bank heist in
2: history. (laughs) Something they could have done without a team. I want to just point out that Don and Brian could have done this without calling any friends in for help. They could have just gone and done this. It's basically the two of them dragging the vault down the streets of Brazil.
3: And I don't even know how you pull a vault out of a wall and drag it around with cop cars. I didn't even realize those were just the cop cars painted black. I just, I thought they were cars that they won in some race they didn't show us. In
1: this version of Brazil, they all drive (laughs) Dodge Chargers.
3: But look, this this is ridiculous. They're driving around, pulling this safe. There's going to be a lot of stuff going through this town. I got to figure this is all just a CGI safe following behind these cars. And you'd
1: be wrong.
3: really really okay
1: even when it crashes through a building that is a practical safe prop crashing through a set it looks great yeah they have like four different safes they used for different shots now some of them are self-driving safes but (laughs) yeah this is all practical stuff and it's so much fun the wanton destruction i haven't had this much fun with cars being smashed since beverly hills cop
3: Well, I do love when finally Dom just goes out at solo and he's pulling that save, taking out Reyes' his gang, one car at a time with that save. I mean, that I could tell they use some real practical effects. Again, when they smash cars, it looks beautiful in this film. And they
1: smashed over 200 in this climax.
3: Wow. Okay. I kind
1: of like them taking down trees. I'm not normally for
2: that. Trees. I mean, but,
3: but yeah, that was fun. Deforestation. <laughs> you're pro deforestation. Okay. I am. If
1: it's Vin Diesel driving the set, <laughs> I just love when Mia's like, I'm getting some weird things. Did you guys take out a
3: bank? I mean, it, should, it is. I funny. do love that. They take out a bank with a bank safe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, real fun chases. Normally, the parts of the movie where I tune out in an action movie, I'm not feeling. I'm like, oh, yeah, chase, 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 chase. This one is hooking me. Every time we're doing stunts, great. Every time we're seeing the team banter, not great. But, yeah, I I got no complaints with this climax other than the ridiculous Jesus complex that makes Dom cut Brian loose to be like, no, I got to do it on my own. I'm like, didn't you just promise Vince you were going to take care of his kid? Like, is Brian going to do that? Like, (laughs)
3: He didn't like Vince. I, whatever. Yeah, but you know what? Brian's going to be raising Dom's nephew or niece. So I guess we don't have the sex of the baby. So I, I, I get that. He's like, go take care of my sister. I'll do this dangerous part.
2: Yeah, but I'm telling you, he just promised
1: his best friend
2: who died in
3: his
1: arms that he was going to
3: take care of his kid. He's dead. You can break that promise. He's dead. <laughs> Eyes
1: on Nico for the next few minutes. Yeah, that's. I think the taking care of Nico wasn't that he'd actually be there, but that Nico would get a big share because he does end up fleeing Rio, but leaving his namesake a lot of money.
2: That's true. And they they have already pulled... We don't see it until after this climax has happened, but they have already pulled the switch They have the money.
1: Straight out of Ocean's Eleven again.
2: No, no, yeah.
3: no, no, no. This is straight out of Ocean's Twelve because there's no way you could guess what they were actually going to do. Like, I don't know, unless I missed some plot point about a garbage can again leo and santos they're running the garbage truck and they're gonna put the real safe in there and switch (laughs) saves
1: garbage truck eo 11
2: (laughs) it's the powers we've been promised chameleon you didn't see han coming in there it was such a chameleon act and then roman is some shit talking over the cb see it's they did need those guys (laughs) It, it could have only been this team
1: I'm still having fun with them. They don't get much to do, but I'm enjoying no. their presence. I like the switcheroo. I think it's like Ocean's Eleven because you couldn't have seen that they were the SWAT team and that they did the money switch the way they did. And, you know, there's also two safes that just like Ocean's Eleven. So that's what I was thinking that for. But yeah, this whole ending though. It's just a lot of fun. Even when Dom turns around, it's fun because he's driving his car back and forth and swinging this thing like a freaking mace. You know, it's like. Yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> and he gets Reyes, and Reyes is there, and I think it's going to be like Braga, right? He's arrested. Hobbs comes up and caps him. Yes,
3: I do do love like just how cold it is. Like walks up, help me, help me, shoots him in the head and walks on by. Like that is why you hire The Rock for a film.
2: Yeah, because he is so likable that it's a moment that takes you back and makes you realize, yeah, he's got real menace here. Like push come to shove. I thought this was a PG-13 movie. I didn't think that he was going to shoot an unarmed man in the head. But yeah, we were ready to accept him to do that because keep in mind, This man is responsible for killing everyone on his team.
1: I was wondering if that would be a leap too far for you guys. Because you guys sometimes have a problem with that kind of thing. And I'm like, I was shocked that he did it. We have morals. Is that what you're saying?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm
3: saying. Thank
1: you. (laughs) I'm saying in movies, I'm willing to suspend my morals for justice.
3: Yes. No, in, in the Fast and Furious world, yes. I'm not going to go all Batman where, like, Batman can't kill. Yes, The Rock could kill whoever he wants in these films. No, I think it's the right decision.
1: Yeah, so I'm glad you guys could go along with the vibe of this movie, because this ending is ridiculous. Hobbes is supposed to be a super cop. He's already been a little bit unorthodox, but to kill the drug dealer and then tell Dom, you get 24 hours. You've earned that but I can't let you go. That's not what I'm going to
3: do. Yeah, but again, this works so much better than the first film where Brian's doing this with Dom I don't know for whatever reason I'm buying it probably because I got a Mad Max truck crashing (laughs) into a train at the beginning like this has set the tone correctly for this ending agree
2: with that it's not that this is any better writing it's that we're having a lot more fun because of the action and because yeah the actors are more engaged
1: and I think it helps that it is again the ensemble I think that's helping the actors to be more engaged it's giving them more to do than just play off the same old dynamic we've seen before
3: i will say one of my favorite scenes talking about this ensemble cast one of my favorite scenes oddly enough has tyrese skipson in it It, it's you know we kind of get this montage what they're doing with the money and roman drives up to tez tez just wanted to open a honest garage the only place where you could get an honest oil change his place in florida was so much more awesome i know (laughs) like was he ripping people off there but i didn't get again though that movie doesn't matter this is a character with the same name you don't have to watch that film which is great to get this one but i love roman drives up he's like there's only four of these cars in the world this is the (laughs) only one in the western hemisphere and then tej like has a chick drive up in the same car like that to me i wish it had more of that fun because i was legit laughing at that point yeah and
1: i love i mean tej actually wins roman only has one woman tej got two
2: Yeah, it's a fun face off. It's their best scene together and it's coming at the end. But
1: come on, I like the you're going to give Martin Luther King his car back or you're going to give James Brown his Jagga back. That was fun too. I mean, uh, those two play off each other real well. Ah, uh, g- a great, real
2: well, love it, enjoy it. <laughs> Everything you're saying is like at 20% of where I'm at.
1: The funny thing about Tyrese is on one of the bonus features, he's like, well, me and Vin in the same film could be awkward because it's like he left the band. He basically is calling himself Sammy Hagar and Vin is David Lee Roth. (laughs) And now how is it going to work with the two of them singing together? But I never got that Tyrese was as important as he thinks he
2: was. Agreed. And what is everyone going to do now? I remember, remember, this is one last job. I know there's two more sequels. They have all this money. They're all going off to have happy lives, except Han, who's going to be killed. <laughs>
1: Someday, but he's not going to Tokyo yet because he knows bad things happen there.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it seems to me like we're ending on a beach and that is Nivez, right? That is the honest cop. She decided to not be honest and lead the force.
1: No, she is honest, but she can't be an honest cop on a corrupt force. And she can be an honest cop on Vin Diesel's crotch.
2: Well, she's (laughs) shacking up with a criminal, but all right.
1: (laughs) But he's a righteous criminal. What has he really (laughs) done? Jesus.
3: (laughs) Yes, where would this be going without this mid credit scene? Why would they have to come back for one more job? Eva
1: yep. Mendez returns. Out of all the returns, <laughs> I couldn't
3: believe that she came back. This is the one that blew my mind. Okay, Tyrese, yeah, sure, whatever. Han, of course, he was real good. He's been one of my favorite characters. But Eva Mendes, like, that's... <laughs> Wow, that blew my mind to see her. That
1: leaves only Suki from part two to come back, and then we'd have the entire reunion. That
2: was like a bad one-night
1: stand, right? You never wanted to see that chick again. It
2: was bad for her. It was bad for us. We all thought we were done. We lost those phone numbers. We ain't calling you back. She's back. I can't believe it. I could believe it, Letty, though. I didn't know it was coming in the file. I didn't realize she was going to be positioned as the villain of the next movie. But I called it out. No one dies in this world. I wouldn't be surprised if Vince comes back to be the supervillain in part seven. I mean, <laughs> nobody is going to die in this world. Han comes back. We're Letty, not shocked.
3: I don't know if we know if she's the villain. She's yeah, she's on the wrong side of the law. She's hitting military convoys. Which is why we're going to get a tank next week.
1: And, Stuart, you're not shocked. I swear to God, I almost screamed in the theater. I'm like, she's alive? Oh, my fucking God, we need to do a retro. She's coming back. Oh, my God, I can't wait for part six. Oh, my God, Lenny's back. <laughs> you yeah. have no idea how I flipped my shit. I hadn't been that excited since Sam Jackson showed up in fucking Iron Man. <laughs> Wow. That is how adrenalized this movie made me. And then I went and ran a few red lights and went home.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, I I didn't have that kind of reaction. That's true.
1: (laughs) And I still disagree. Letty lived. I don't think we'll see Vince again. I think dead is dead unless you're Michelle Rodriguez. Or Han. Han will die eventually, someday.
3: <laughs> Whenever he gets back to Tokyo.
1: <laughs> if if he ever goes to Tokyo, just know he's fucked. <laughs> All right. Well, this one I'm I'm in suspense. It sounded pretty good. I'm the one who kind of championed this one as the best of the series. So let's see, Jacob Stewart. Do you recommend Fast Five? Maybe. Jacob,
3: that first one really set a bad tone trying to copy Point Break, and it was just such a weak version. This one, they're going for Oceans 11. To me, and more Oceans 12, maybe some Oceans 13 in there. This, this plot's really in 12 and 13 category level of, of a heist. A lot of what they plan doesn't matter. A lot of scenes here ultimately don't matter. But you know what? This is an action film. This has moved from being a drag racing film to an action film. And yeah, it's a pretty good action film. That train heist alone at the beginning. Wow. Recommended just for that action sequence. And yeah, the stuff at the safe at the end is fun. Whenever there's action going on, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Some of the talk back and forth with this team. It's all right. This team never, again, it's more Livingston for me than some of the better players on the Oceans team. They don't have quite the charisma, but adding The Rock, Dwayne Johnson really helped. So yeah, a pretty good action movie, and I recommend it. Stewart.
2: Yeah, I think we're still suffering from some of the things that have been plaguing this series from the get-go, which is that we have unlikable people taking way too much screen time. I mean, we're still dealing with Brian and Mia, and I'm coming around on Dom. I can see a little bit more charisma. I think Vin is the best he's been, but by and large, I'm not in love with this team. But there is no doubt this is a very confidently made heist film with a nice Rio flair. The t- stunts, the tactile stunts that is the green arrow for this. Best of the series? Well, sure. I mean, this has not been a great series. I mean, part three was a guilty pleasure, but yeah, this is clearly the best of the Fast and the Furious so far. But how does it compare with the Ocean series? I think it's worth comparing it against that. This is nothing on Ocean's Eleven. Honest God. They're not even close. If you want a great heist, that George Clooney Ocean's Eleven, it's where it's at. Ocean's 13 is a better movie than this movie is. But it's, it is. But, Ocean's 13 had wit. This one has stunts. But there's no doubt about it. It's a green arrow. It's better than Ocean's 12. And probably the best we're going to get. So, yeah, why not be generous and give it a go?
1: And I, of course, recommend this. I have nothing but praise for it. I will agree that overall, it's... Lesser than Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is just such a party movie for me. But to me, I... Sometimes like genre mashups, you know, when you see something like the one that's coming to mind is the Star Wars novel Death Troopers, where it's zombies in the Star Wars universe. Okay, it's not the greatest idea in the world. Marvel zombies, for that matter. It's not exactly original to throw zombies in a universe, but I want to see where that story goes. So to tell me we're going to tell Ocean's Eleven and do it with the Fast and Furious gang on paper, that sounds patently ridiculous. But what I think it comes down to is, yeah, I've never really cared for Brian as a cop, even when he's kind of a cop who's trying to decide how good a cop he is. The Brian-Mia romance has always been okay for me, but never anything to come back to. And even Vin Diesel, an actor who I claim to like, the more I watch him, the more I'm like, maybe, maybe I don't, (laughs) maybe I just think I like him, and then I see him as movies. But I like this dynamic i think having all these other people around allows for varied dynamics and we're not focused every scene because fast and furious to me every scene with vin diesel is like the scenes we don't like where he's either with elena or he's with brian talking about fatherhood and responsibility no vin just go punch people Getting a fight with The Rock? Absolutely. Yes, give me that. That's what I want from Vin Diesel. I think that giving other people their moments to shine and have jokes just keeps this one light, fluffy. I'm along for the ride. I'm hitting the button for the NOS. I'm just having fun. It's a strong recommend from me. And. My memory is it is the best of the series, which does mean next one's a step down. I do kind of consider this the anti-Star Trek, where I really like the odd installments and the even ones I feel are more shaky. But who knows? I've only seen the sixth one once, and I'm very much looking forward to going back and giving it another go.
3: Yeah, and I'm excited for next week because that's the one that made me ever want to even consider watching these films. A tank and a Mad Max rig. I was sold. I'm disheartened that that you're iffy on it, Arnie, but I'm still excited because that's really the one that got me to ever consider watching a Fast and Furious movie.
1: Well, we'll talk about that next week when we review Fast and Furious 6. But first, before we go, I think we just need to give some Fast and Furious thanks to all of our Kickstarter backers. You guys rock harder than Dwayne Johnson. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I like him even more than that and I like Dwayne Johnson but yes this has been an incredible Kickstarter campaign there are no roadblocks in our way at this point
1: ironically because Dwayne played roadblock in G.I. Joe <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure Stuart knew that <laughs> yeah I, I was not making a pun I don't even know what that is but yeah we can do the book the way that we want to because you guys turned out big donations and small donations it all added up thanks to each and every person that clicked the link that was able to give whatever they had to give we are going to make the best product we can for
3: you yeah i i I don't even know what to say at this point i i I was truly speechless I, i was dumb mute when i saw what our listeners what our fans ended up doing to help bring this book to life it's just simply amazing
1: I agree completely. I mean, Stuart's known me since I was a very young child. And one of my dreams since single-digit age has been to write a book. And you guys have made that possible now. I'm excited. I'm jumping into it feet first. We're already written a lot of reviews for this. We are going to make sure that we deliver the best book we can and every penny that was pledged is going into this book and we're going to try to deliver a gorgeous beautiful book. So, Thank you so much. You won't hear us talk about it again unless you were a backer until the book is done, and then we'll start talking about it again. But backers, keep track of the updates through Kickstarter. We're going to keep you in the loop as we take this from concept to printed page. And we'll be back next week with our review of Fast and Furious 6, because that's how we roll.
0: Thank you for the gathering of
3: friends. Father, we give thanks for all the choices we've made because that's what makes us who we are. Let us forever cherish the loved ones we've lost along the way.
2: And most of all, thank you for Fast Cars.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing, and we hope you've enjoyed the show. You tell your boss exactly who did this. Tell him there's more coming. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for another Fast and Furious movie review. You gotta get out of here. I ain't running anymore. Also at NowPlayingPodcast.com, you can find more movie reviews, including Pitch Black, Rambo, RoboCop, The Avengers, and hundreds more. You say what? This just went from Mission Impossible to Mission and Freaking Sanity. While at NowPlayingPodcast.com, be sure to join our forums where you can discuss this review with other listeners.
1: You're in. There's always room for family.
0: You can also follow NowPlaying on Facebook, Twitter, and Google, where we post announcements of new episodes and where the hosts post movie mini reviews.
2: I like a whole lot of vaginal activity to me.
0: Links to our social media pages are at NowPlayingPodcast.com. One last nice See exclusive videos and interviews on the Now Playing podcast YouTube channel. You can find the link on our homepage. I'll see
3: you soon, Toronto.
0: Your pockets ain't nervous. Ours are empty. We hungry. Now Playing is an independent podcast with no sponsors or ads. It's donations from listeners like you that keep Now Playing on the air.
1: We got the best crew in the world standing right in front of you.
0: Give them a reason to stay. You can give money by clicking the support link at the top of NowPlayingPodcast.com. You don't realize how much you appreciate something until somebody takes it away. Everybody take a real good look. This is what you call mutual respect. All right, let's clear out. Anybody down for somebody? Now Playing's Fast and Furious series is edited by Heath, Casper, and Arnie. Let's put all this mess back together. That's going to take a while. Then you better get started. Now Playing credit narration by Brock. Why me? Because you got the biggest mouth. That's for damn sure. Now Playing is not affiliated with Universal Pictures or the makers or distributors of these films. The film discussed in this podcast is the intellectual property of its copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
3: You see, I got a problem with authority.
0: The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. Just because you know how I ride doesn't mean you know me.
1: Show me how you drive, I'll show you who you
0: are. Now playing as a Venganza Media production, copyright 2015. All rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media, Incorporated.
1: Money will come and go. We know that. The most important thing in life will always be the people in this room. Right here, right now.
0: Salute me, familia.
2: But they labeled one Brian from FBI to, what was it called? Hold on.
1: Yeah, I watched it, but I can't remember the fucking name. No, I got it written down. <laughs> I watched all three. I watched The Rocks. I watched Vin yeah. Diesel's. So we'll be back next week with Fast and Furious 6, because that's how we roll. Oh, yeah. That was the song. So let me uh, go through all of them. So we'll be back next week with Too Fast, Too Furious, because that's how we roll. So we'll be back next week with the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, because that's how we roll. So we'll be back next week with Fast and Furious, because that's how we roll.